1: Hello, and welcome back to episode two of our Saturday Night Main Event alongs here on Wrestling Inc. I'm Jesse Collings, and I'm joined, as always, as Wrestling Inc. President Raj Giri. Raj, how are you? I'm good.
2: I tried out—Colorado uh, golf courses are open, so I tried out nine holes, the whole touchless thing this afternoon, and uh, it was nice. So I'm refreshed and ready to, ready to do this.
1: Okay, Raj is done golfing for the day. He's here <laughs> to watch wrestling, and also joining us is— just Sports Illustrated. It's Justin Barrasso. Justin, how are you doing? I'm well,
3: thank you. Didn't golf today, but uh, got it. Got a, I started a jog and then it kind of changed into a walk. So regardless, I'm excited to be here and uh, talk about some more, you know, classic era of WWE.
1: And classic we are doing because this episode of Saturday Night's Main Event, we're looking at the March 14th, 1987 edition of saturday night's main event and basically what this is is a go-home show for wrestlemania 3 and this is the last kind of major show that the company would produce i believe leading up to wrestlemania 3 so what we have tonight is basically all of the major angles that people remember wrestlemania 3 from hogan versus andre Randy savage versus ricky steamboat we're seeing that really kind of set up on this show um, tonight and there's um, basically the main event it's which isn't quite the main event it's actually the um, second match on the top is the battle royal between hulk hogan and Andre the giant and there's also a intercontinental championship match between randy savage and george animal steel with the winner also getting the managerial services of miss elizabeth so those are kind of the two big matches um raj you got anything else to add
2: Uh, well, they showed, it's interesting that we chose the Saturday night's main event and then they showed WrestleMania three on FS one the other day and I was flipping through it. I skipped a lot of it, but I did watch the Hogan Andre thing. And to this day, it just feels so big when you're watching it, the, the lead up and the entrances, it just feels like a gigantic, uh, event. And when they're showing the history and Andre dumping the champagne on Hogan's
1: head, you know, the, with the. Uh, showing that little it's vignette. a great angle it, it is so good it, it's on the show is like you just see the storytelling is pretty basic it's not like this really complex storyline, but because of the personalities and because of how well it's executed it, it's no wonder that show was such a big success
3: their video packages i mean we're even back then are really good too uh raja that, that stuck out too watching tuesday night the uh the, the re-airing or the presentation on broadcast uh, fs1 yeah i agree the that match still feels electric. I I was surprised at how and I've seen that card enough times. I was surprised how well I thought the card aged. And yep. maybe that was like the crowd just being red hot for that six man with the Bulldogs and the Hearts and um yeah, I thought that in Jesse and Gorilla, I mean, yeah. you can't overstate that enough how important they are to that show.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was uh in my opinion, it's the most epic WrestleMania of all time. Like there have there have been better in in ring and action wise and Hogan versus Rock is probably on par with Hogan versus Andre in a lot of ways, uh, but there's just something epic about that that night that mm-hmm. maybe it's just the childhood memory I was or whatever. Th-
1: well I was thinking about this today when it comes to just like pure like electric atmosphere and in- I would say that the Hogan versus warrior match, as far as like from like the crowd atmosphere and it might almost, it almost might just be the stadium lighting is better at the sky dome than it is right. at the silver dome, or maybe it's better acoustically for noise. I feel like there's just a tiny bit more energy at that show than this one, but it might just be the building and the lighting. Like I said,
3: what I think makes three so unique is it's good versus evil. Yeah. And you know, it's it, warrior Hogan. I love six and six is larger than life. But I think three is unique because it's, it's that classic storytelling of the protagonist, the antagonist. If you didn't dislike Andre, you probably dislike Bobby. And the best part is I forgot how vocal Andre was after the loss, and he's pointing and yelling at Hogan. And when they're riding the cart back and they're getting drilled with trash, which you don't remember seeing very often unless it's an ECW show or the NWO forming a creation at Dash of the Beach, but uh, with Bobby with his head down. And, you know, yeah. his jacket off and just dejected. It's such a great scene. And Hogan's in the ring. And Jesse even calls him, I think, an egomaniac. Like, Jesse didn't hold back. That's just such a great... The whole scene is perfect.
2: Right. Yeah, no, Jesse was amazing. I mean, it was just one of those things where everything every, everything just fired off and everything just hit. And to your point, Jesse, yeah, Hogan versus Warrior, it was louder um, mm-hmm. because they probably didn't have the miking down at that time because Hogan at that time was on another level then he was at six too but
1: six it was starting to wane down a little bit people were used to it well Um, the idea was that warrior was basically his close enough to his equal as opposed to this is much more uh clear everyone loves hogan everyone hates andre which is a different but this is this was also two uh, two
2: larger than life um icons that you know the two it's hard to it's hard to explain to like people today it'd be like michael jordan and lebron you know uh Playing one on one. I mean, it's, I mean, the closest thing is Hogan versus Rock. And, and that, I mean, that is there too, but it was, uh, it was another level. Mm -hmm. And and then they had the angle on top of it. Yeah. So
1: we're going to start the show. And I, Raj, you said there's an idea. Everyone who has it queued up right now on WWE Network should start it. And then we're going to pause it for about 15 seconds to let everyone who might have commercials or anything, everyone has a different. At um, access to the network, let that play out, um, and then we're going to restart again just to make sure we're all working together here. So I'm going to count down three, two, one, and then pause it, and then we'll I'll wait like a good point. fifteen seconds.
3: Yeah, I'll Justin, make go my ahead. Point in fifteen seconds, I hope. Um pause. pause, uh, to me, WrestleMania three is the beginning of that modern day WrestleMania era. They still exist today. One was a cool show; they were figuring things out. Two's weird. Two was just an yeah. odd show. Three mm-hmm. is that same format they pre- superstars, celebrities, larger than life, like three to me, it's it's the beginning of that WrestleMania era. Right. Uh they figured it out, they figured out the format by three. Mm-hmm.
1: So we're gonna start it up here. I'll do another countdown. We're gonna three, two, one, there you go. Hogan just immediately starts yelling at us. <laughs> uh his his promos were so good back then. So 80s. Hogan cuts. Yeah. Three promos in the first like 10 minutes of this show. He cuts three separate promos, but this is classic Hogan right here. Yeah, I mean, he's just telling the story. He's just selling
2: the audience on the story with Andre turning on him. Mm-hmm.
1: And as you Look mentioned last size time, of him too. And are we yeah. talked about that enormous. Yeah. And Raj, you mentioned last time, like they were at the, during the last show we were watching, there wasn't really, there's was no mention of Andre to my knowledge. Um, and they yeah. hadn't really started building this feud because it was uncertain whether Andre was going to be healthy enough, whether it was the actual direction they were going to go. They had Orndorf kind of waiting in the wings in case there's a problem. So this is basically the only Saturday night's main Night event we see this build for.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: Andre yeah. holds up his hand.
2: That, that's a, that's a, that's a gif that Andre opening his yeah. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> So Elizabeth, it's a little uh, little piece of trivia. Elizabeth, uh, my two first crushes uh, were both Elizabeth. It was Elizabeth Shue and Miss Elizabeth. Uh, all right. <laughs> Elizabeth what an Shue open in the show. Variety.
3: Hogan, Andre, Bobby, Elizabeth, the Hearts, Jimmy. Like, those. what a great open.
1: So far, just, all Hall of is, Famers. This is before they let Brett really talk. Yeah. And they had just won the titles from the Bulldogs. There was that famous match where Dynamite Kid basically couldn't walk. So they did the angle where on his way to the ring, Jimmy Hart hit him over the head with the megaphone, and then he laid in the aisle for like five minutes while Bulldog got double teamed and lost the titles.
2: Yeah. God, the promos in this. Jake the Snake
1: was on another level. I don't. They should start an episode of Raw just like this. Have like five people cut 15-second promos. Well, you know when they did that Raw retro? It'd
2: be cool if they did one that... They did a Saturday Night's main event theme or something mm-hmm. like that. they your house for NXT.
1: Why not? Yeah, but NXT's always been a little bit more friendly towards like leaning into the past. Like they did the war game stuff when Vince never really wanted to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: I, I, I mean, obviously it's good. Vince does. Brett wasn't allowed to be a good talker yet, right? He also yeah, he got better. Yeah, I mean, they saw him the as promo. a
2: tag team guy. They didn't see him with the charisma. They saw the Anvil as. I mean, Brett would start the promo. Anvil would finish it. It worked.
1: Yeah, uh, Joe is like, asking.
2: Oh, sorry. Go ahead, uh, Justin. Even
3: Brett said back then he wore the shades because he was so nervous on screen. I mean, it just took him time to, to figure out who he
2: was. I have that questions for you, Raj. On screen, uh, I, I, don't we all have one? I mean, Karate Kid, you can't go wrong. Back to the Future, two, s- distant second, Adventures in Babysitting.
1: Favorite Karate Kid is my favorite. Movie. Like, is like my favorite classic eighties movie. So I have to go with the Karate Kid.
3: Yeah, I love Back to the Future, but I I like the original better. I'll go Karate Kid as well.
2: Yeah, Back to the Future 1 is one of the, I, I consider a perfect movie. Look Not to this. get off
3: track, but to get off track. When they, I don't know if you watch Stranger Things, but when they, when they got the, I think it was the last season of Stranger Things, when they worked in Back to the Future, it was
1: perfect. So. Yeah. Yeah. So this show, um, just a quick few notes, it was in, it drew a 11.6 rating, which is up from the previous. Edition, which we saw last week which was 10.6 so as they build up to wrestlemania they do draw better and that's like that's like a, probably equivalent to roughly 22 to 25 million people i don't think watching
2: i think it's like because it's late night you have uh, uh fewer fewer homes watching uh, i think it was back then i remember reading somewhere it was that would have been closer to i think like 13 to 14 million which is gigantic okay,
1: so <laughs> still much still uh, large yeah but thank you Yeah, it's huge eh. And interesting about this show is that it's it's it was filmed on February 21st so not that long ago 3 weeks before the show aired but it's in Detroit, Michigan which of course is the metro area for WrestleMania 3. So this is the biggest show before WrestleMania 3 and they're in the same market which is interesting and also shows how important like local advertising and like local walk up is was to WrestleMania at that time. It wasn't like people were traveling from all over the country to go see WrestleMania 3 the way they do now with WrestleMania. It was mostly a michigan-based crowd for and i think it. it
3: helps i know it, it probably would have gone that way regardless but it helped the booking of the card makes a little more sense knowing it's there and it's like this taste of hey you got to come back for wrestlemania I, I agree it's uh the setting plays a
1: yeah the business is just so different today as far as like how it's advertised wrestlemania sells out without a match even being advertised it's just wrestlemania right. and they right but nothing else does now
2: like back then, you know, you had all these giant crowds for for the live events. Same as the Attitude Era. Uh, now, you know, live events. Uh, obviously, not now, but uh, before we got in this situation, uh, you know, you had you would have SmackDown tapings on when they were on Tuesday nights that looked like, you know, um,
1: small house shows. Mm-hmm. So, one thing I noticed during the show is that the WWF has created all these graphics for each wrestler. Like we saw the sunglasses come up with macho man and they all have them. And I didn't see them on the previous show, but they are all on this show and I really like them. They're a little goofy. They're very 80s. They look like little cartoon drawings, but I don't know. There's a, there's a level of charm there that uh, you don't really see. Well, it's similar to having the logos on the belts when they win the belts and they got the,
2: I like that too. Yeah.
3: 1980s version of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's pretty cool. I I, I don't know. I, I, Macho Man here, and I know that uh,
3: he's 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 on the precipice of one of his best promos of all time. History beckons the Macho Man. <laughs> uh, I love the I love the Caesar Cleopatra look. Uh, no, but he's who is he Caesar here? I don't know. She's definitely Cleopatra.
2: Yeah, 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 totally. I never noticed that. That's a good call. I could hear I could listen to Macho Man promos all day. And he and Gene,
3: whether they wanted to or not at the beginning, just had a great chemistry. It seemed like it took them a little while to get used to each other, but uh, yeah. yeah, perfect.
1: So later in the main event of this show, which is Ricky Steamboat versus the Iron Cheek, Macho Man comes out and does color commentary, and he's great. And he basically sells the entire WrestleMania match coming out and doing color commentary. I did not know that. You know, I have actually – I don't think
2: I've ever seen this whole Saturday night's main event. I've seen this match and the Battle Royal. I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing because – I didn't start watching Saturday night's main event regularly until 1988. I became a big fan after WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. I saw a little bit before my friends were into it. I was getting into it, but I didn't know really where to watch it or, you know, I hadn't gotten to my groove. And then after right, you made a good III, point this, that mania but,
3: six yeah. is kind of, people are a little tired of, of Savage, uh, excuse me, of Hogan. Yeah. And it's been six years, right? So you've right. seen it, but it's amazing. They were at WrestleMania three here. This storyline was with, with Elizabeth. Like it peaks to me at WrestleMania seven. Mm-hmm. That went on and granted it wasn't every week, she wasn't always around. It's amazing mm-hmm. they were able to get that much longevity and they paid it off perfectly, uh, with, with her, you know, defending Savage at seven. Like it's amazing we're four years away from
2: that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this angle is basically whoever wins this match gets Miss Elizabeth's managerial services. Um, which isn't an angle I think you do now because managerial services is used as a euphemism here.
2: Why would Savage agree to this in storyline? <laughs> I don't know if he. I think Toney he's got nothing to out. gain. Yes, he
1: does. Yeah. He, has, he has everything. He to his hands, be- hands
3: on George Steele.
1: <laughs> but he already beat him on the last Saturday night's main event. Yeah. Uh, Gene in this interview is like hilariously into Miss Elizabeth, yeah. and like keep mentions like, the very, very lovely Miss Elizabeth, and like Ventura buries him when they get back to commentary. If you listen. Yeah,
2: we we talked about the theme song earlier. Joe Greer the third noting excellent theme song for the Saturday Night's main event. I agree. Uh, before this, um, before '87, it was Obsession uh, that was the theme song, and then they switched it to this custom theme that they used ever since. I always preferred this. How many times do you listen to this per day? <laughs> I shouldn't the should get it. I, I, it. They never
1: put it on a, like a wrestling album or anything.
2: Justin and um, I were yeah, talking about the, did, the old
1: wrestling albums. And, yeah, because they would release the albums, and they had a ton of them. I'm interested they never put this. It's more like the wrestler themes, right? Mm-hmm. My
3: first issue with the show right now, and it still happens in today's wrestling, and Jesse Harps aren't what, at WrestleMania 5. Champion should. O- I know it's the Elizabeth thing, mm-hmm. that, that, but it, the champion should always come out last. But I know it's the whole Elizabeth saga, and they they wanted Macho to leave so Steele could have his moment with her. and But... Maybe it should always come
2: out second. Absolutely. Especially the world champion. Okay, and look at with WrestleMania five, when that always bothered me, that Hogan came out second.
1: Yeah. I don't know what their philosophy is now. Cause it seems inconsistent on the shows. Like who comes out first and who comes out second. And now like, it's so random. Yeah. yeah, People Jesse, read into uh, it.
3: Like, Oh, just called him a bald headed pervert by the way.
1: Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. He does. He, cause he, cause Gene just goes like, Oh, he's like looking longingly after and like, there goes the very, very lovely Miss Elizabeth, in like the way that Gene Oakland says it. So she gets in this lifeguard. Off being
3: Jesse's <laughs> friend or his enemy, but either way, he was coming at you.
1: <laughs> so he's in this life. She gets in this lifeguard uh, seat, and I then mean, they had this- like the winner gets some managerial services.
2: Like I feel like even in the two thousands we saw matches like that. I'm having a hard time remembering one, but
3: tough seat behind that chair. Paid whatever you paid to sit behind a uh, beach chair.
1: <laughs> not when michael elizabeth's in it yeah uh well it's better than like the giant palm trees that block off seats at wrestlemania that those people that deal with uh i think it was did the last one watched, Orlando. uh
3: the um backstage show after the fs1 fs1 aired mania 3 did you yeah. guys watch backstage
1: punk was on it i've seen about half. i have i have never watched an episode of backstage
3: Oh, was it mean, punk was great the episode was, was good down. it's always good but I love this week they had Steamboat on. You know, Ricky Steamboat's great. And um, Raj, I don't know if you saw that interview, but he went around and Ricky's a little older. Not that he's that old, but he's a little older and he's either got his phone or his computer and he's he's showing all the things. Like Punk's like, wow, those trophies because he had his strongman trophies and photos. And the the video's not coming through because it's like artwork and stuff. And he keeps going around the room. And I don't know. I thought that was funny, but. oh tlc terry reynolds you're right that was the that was pillman i think his last angle right before right he, yeah
2: before he, he had he,
3: he uh passed yeah that's well right they too, did man. the terry they did the oh, terry yeah. Scott
2: versus test at bad blood for for stacy Keibler. 2003 right. and that's not that long ago yeah that's decades ago. But it, that was a different wwe from now but for sure. it's still, yeah because i think pillman i think he made her
3: like he chose what she wore. It was like a – it didn't finish because, uh, you know.
1: Uh, well, I think didn't. I think yeah. what he's referring to is that in 99, they had the Terry Runnels Invitational Tournament, which TIT stood for Ted. It was really funny oh, back right. in that's 1999. Thinking, and they – yeah. they, yeah, they did a like a, a – they didn't do a TLC match. They did just a simple ladder match between the Hardys and the Edge and Christian. And it was kind of like before they had that watershed match at WrestleMania 2000 that was like the kind of the first like crazy stunt ladder match that they did. I think it was like in the fall of 99. And it was also kind of like the first real breakout match for the Hardys. Because
2: there was that match that Pillman lost. Pillman lost to Gold. I mean, Goldust lost to Pillman where Pillman got Terry Reynolds services. um, Yes. For 30 days or whatever. And that's when he had passed before they had the, uh, before he had the match at the pay-per-view.
0: That's right.
2: They were doing some racy promos back then. Yeah. So right in the far, heart of the here Yeah, Saber and Steel have wrestled a bunch now on TV. They you know, wrestled then, for like a whole year. This is like a year-long feud. Well, but for how little you wrestled on TV, you know how how little like you'd see Macho Man actually wrestle on TV. I mean, this is between WrestleMania and the two Saturday nights main event. This has got to be at least their third.
1: Easy. Yeah, and I like I don't I don't want to knock. I don't want to knock George Steele because he's like had like a really really successful long career and he's at the kind of the end of it here. But when you think of the amount of talent that the company had at that time, the fact that Savage basically feuded with George Steele for a year is pretty interesting like you know like they you know they have Harley Race, they have Junkyard Dog, they have all of these guys in the locker room and it's like steel gets the run for a year, which is kind of, I kind of like, I didn't really, really know that until I started doing research for these shows.
3: He was a big star. Uh, I think too, it helps, especially at the end, like building up to Savage Steamboat, you are going from, I don't know, uh, a single flavor to a, to a soft serve swirl. Like it's, it's an, it's a game changer. It's, it's Savage Steamboat, just the style of Ricky Steamboat and, um,
1: but I, I think that Steel's act worked. I I do. Yeah, for what this storyline is, he's great in it. His character is great in it. As far as like they need a wild man to kind of play this role against Savage when it comes and also also interact with Elizabeth.
2: Yeah, I mean this was one of just those storyline feuds that just worked. I mean, really up at this point, Savage was feuding with Steamboat. And same as the uh last Saturday night's main event. Like mm-hmm. The four months before it had been building, like, Savage dropped that ring bell on Steamboat's throat. Steamboat was out for a while. So this was kind of filling in before, you know, they had, you know, Savage versus Steamboat on pay-per-view. Mm-hmm.
1: And so Savage wins the match via countout. I think that's Dave, um, it
3: correct? It's not Earl, I don't think. that's Dave in the ring? No, because no, yeah, right, Earl,
1: Earl's working for... Uh, the NWA Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling at the time, and he wouldn't pop up until a year from now, in the famous, uh, yes, which I can't wait till we cover that. I like watching. how the I, I love how the original angle was like the Million Dollar Man got this guy to have plastic surgery to look just like. Um, Dave Hebner, and then they're like, oh, no, they were just twins. Like, why couldn't they just say that at the start? Well, that was a (laughs) WWF magazine angle. They never talked
2: about it again on TV. They just dropped it. And that always kind of bugged me. Like, it was
1: such a big thing and that it was just kind of never mentioned again. I see judgment here putting this up there, saying that this is a really good point—that it was closed circuit and Michigan was blacked out. So under the old rules, you had the only way to see it was to go to the show, which probably helped contribute to the massive attendance. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. And to give
3: you again, to give the surrounding areas a taste with this show too, uh, the, the timing, the setting, it all made sense. Another Hogan promo. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is. Yeah, he's got a lot of promos. Third Hogan promo. And this—this this is funny. He doesn't use any, I don't think he uses any, like, verbs. He just says names and nouns.
2: That's so great. You get the point. when You you know what he wants.
1: When you have, when you have, we look at the quarter hours and, like, see who does well. When you have that person who does really well, it makes sense to put them on the show as frequently as possible. So, Hogan's the big draw. Hogan's should be in every five-minute, ten-minute segment.
3: Short bites, though, too. You never get tired of them. It's just quick.
2: Mm -hmm. He he says a few things I want to hear more. We got Paul Orndorf coming here, so Paul
1: Orndorf, I yeah, forgot that he was in this. There's a lot of names in here. We got Butch Treed. We got yeah. Um, oh, we haven't. The head so
2: yeah. So now we got the battle royal uh, starting yep. with, with the wrestlers entering, entering the ring. Billy Jack
3: Haynes, enormous, and also I don't think in 2020 you'd see anyone wearing like the same. Like, he's wearing a too too similar enough color of Hogan. I don't think you'd see that now. Right? Yeah, I
1: think he's he's wearing like Oregon Ducks tights. His color, what he's wearing, because yeah. he's from Oregon. No, he. I think it has like the big O on it.
2: Yeah, Andre. Andre was just
1: so scary as a kid. He's the biggest <laughs> giant in professional sports.
3: He has mastered that arrogant demeanor at this point too. It's no. it's not the size. Like I, I'll right. go to I'll go to my group saying I I I love Andre, but it's the size is like the fifth. Attribute that makes him special. There's so many things. That arrogance played a big role in it too. He was just above, literally and figuratively, everything else.
2: Did you stand? Uh, and well, I, this is, I, and I totally respect the Big Show, but you stand them side by side, and if you had Big Show on a box like five inches taller than Andre, Andre still stands out. You know, he does.
3: He does. Even with Hogan, Hogan is again jacked beyond right. belief, and you still can't look away from Andre. Just everything about him. It wasn't just the the physical size. It was. It
1: was the attributes. Yeah, it was Andre was unique. Yeah. Well, what it was so amazing about this angle, and it it also goes to the strength of how like hated of a of a manager Heenan was. Was that Andre the Giant was a beloved babyface for basically the last fifteen years leading into this feud, and he turns heel on Hogan, and he's like immediately just like the most hated. He's the number one villain. He's so evil and he's like at this point he's a complete legend but today if you were to do that angle and you had this guy who was a huge star for 15 years you would never see that kind of universal this just the crowd immediately turning on him different different playing field too you're right different uh landscape like watch watch how much heat he has during this entrance
3: i was a kid all i knew was andre as a bad guy i mean and i Mm -hmm. think a lot of that they tapped into that younger audience you know raj is about the same age uh, of people who just knew Andre as that bad guy, and obviously Gorilla did a really good job. I don't know what it is about Gorilla. If he just maybe because he was older, he, he slowed everything down, and I mean that in a compliment. Like nothing was too fast, nothing was out of yeah. control when he was broadcasting it. Like everything you could digest. Um, maybe just for me to run the business, or being a little older, but like Gorilla, Jesse, Vince, Gene, they all made Andre so special as a bad guy. Uh, but you're right, it'd be so different now because. We know, we know, you know, we don't know everything, but we know a lot more. And Could just you imagine
2: p- Andre coming out to entrance music? It's so no. great that he didn't. <laughs> like, just it added so
1: much that he didn't. When I think of Andre, like, first, what is the first image I think of? I think of him sitting in, like, standing in the cart with Heenan at WrestleMania 3, like the little cart that had, like, the ring ropes on it yeah. and going out. That's all I think about. And you're right, there's no music. And really, like, when it comes to music, like, Savage has music. That's really well known. Hogan has music that's really well known. Piper has music that's really well known. But not everyone had it. Even like this was where big start. This they was kind of the big year big where stars. they
2: were they were starting to give everyone music. Yeah, like, when does Jim Johnson
1: come with the company? Would be where I would say that when it would really take off, right? No, Jim Johnson was he,
2: with the company here. Okay, I think he was. Uh, I think he a big part of the first
1: uh, wrestling album, right? I'm Just not sure. I know he's definitely here. In he's in the company in the '80s. I'm just not sure when. But it would seem like if they're hiring a professional musician to make entrance music, most of the people would end up getting entrance songs.
2: Well, Let's do a little research here. A little half-ass research, too, just because I, I think they're transitioning
3: into. You know, guys didn't have their own theme music. Um, even Hogan had a weird instrumental song, right? Because that's on the that's on the album, and and then hmm. the uh, real
2: American is what Wyndham and Rotundo. Um, <laughs> Hogan's first theme was, dun 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 Yeah, and it goes Hulk, Hulk. Yes. And this Hogan's theme song was for Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda.
1: U.S. Express. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you've had three people, four people, have that. See you later, Honky. Honky out. So that's interesting because he's just a few months away from becoming the longest reigning. You know, becoming Intercontinental Champion, then the longest reigning.
3: Allegedly, the story goes right where the you know, fact and fiction and pro wrestling, what? Uh, Vince is saying, you know, who do, who do we go to? And Vince goes, what about him? If
2: that story's accurate.
3: But so Vince kind of well, pays the favor.
2: Well, we're looking in the ring. At Butch Reed isn't there. He was the guy that was supposed to win the title. Right. He was mm-hmm. supposed to beat Steamboat because Steamboat said he needed time off. So they wanted to get the title off of him just
1: months after he won it. Or Andre, just, is a, Andre is about to eliminate Lanny Pofo, Macho Pofo. Man's brother, for everyone else. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't know and he headbutts him and Lanny like gets like messed up he's bleeding all over the place and they stretcher him out I don't know if it, he must I think it's I, I think he legitimately busted him open like that uh but it su- sells andre's power like super well because he just headbutts this guy and it's like he's dead
3: yeah I don't know uh Raj if you've done anything with Lanny. Lanny still every now and again still writes poetry so I mean yeah uh i I think, I- I
2: think he has one on Andre too I've interviewed him a couple times. He's still like, you ask him to say one, he'll just do it. You know, he'll just, or,
1: or give, he, he's like, he a rapper,
2: him, you, like a rapper, yeah. like, you know, like eight mile, <laughs> you give Lanny. him a, a topic and he'll, yeah. So there pope. goes
1: Lanny and look, he's messed
3: up.
2: Oh, if you ask, if up. you
3: ask Lanny to recite one from 1989. Oh yeah. I mean,
2: he'll, he'll do it like that. Yeah. The one where he pro- proclaimed macho King, he he can
3: still
1: That's do my, that. to He the day. did. We were talking last week about like the survivor series and the Royal rumble, like pre intros that they would show and when he's the genius, his are so great. It makes it seem like when I would watch them, I'd be like, how isn't the genius like super over? This is a great gimmick.
3: Yeah. I agree. When Gorilla called, well, excuse me, when Jesse would burn a Gorilla's Gino, it always felt
2: special. It did. Yeah. You could feel the respect. Anytime. It was funny because Jesse and Vince, Jesse really made it feel like he you know, liked Vince. Whereas with Jesse and Gorilla, he, 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 you could feel that respect that Jesse actually like- had the respect.
3: It was playful exuberance with, right. with Gorilla.
2: Yeah, yeah. but with, with Vince, you're right. It was it uh, bordered on... Wait a minute. <laughs> he never gave Vince any respect.
1: So no. Lanny is doing a stretcher job. I forgot about yeah, that. He, well, he gets... I don't... Like, he gets really messed up. But what this is is basically... Andre's gimmick was that he never lost battle royals. And that was, like, his thing. He would go from territory to territory and he'd win the battle royal with the gimmick being that you could never get him out of the ring because he's so big. So him Hulk Hogan facing him in a battle royal is a really big deal because this is really like Andre's specialty match and also and that was the a whole
3: he- WrestleMania thing too Jesse WrestleMania 2 right he wins that yep. uh battle royal yeah
1: he with presses the fridge Fred and... Hart out of the ring yeah right So in, and Hogan William also... the
2: refrigerator Perry was huge that year I don't know if uh yeah fans the were right watching the Super yeah
1: yeah yeah it all comes back to the 1986 Super Bowl it was cranny, a... it was pretty it was the coup he was like, yeah, he's kind of a. Ce- it's hard to imagine like a uh, a novelty football player achieving that level of fame now, but that's one of those things about I mean, this time. Gronk period. is
2: close, I guess, but it's not.
1: But it's Gronk not quite was the like same. a much better player than the fridge. Like the fridge, the fridge was like was a
2: celebrity though. Yeah, like, that was yeah. The,
1: his gimmick was that he was the fridge and he would score these like novelty touchdowns from the one yard line. Um, and Gronk like is definitely really old, but Gronk was like you know a multiple time All Pro player and for a short period of time probably the best tight end the league's ever seen. The Fridge was like a a a, play, a good player for a few years, but he was like famous for being the Fridge to the degree that not like total non-football fans know who he is.
3: Crazy to think another guy who made a cameo at what SummerSlam, uh Fridge has a Super Bowl touchdown and Walter Payton didn't. Damn, I I very underrated, but I love the Walter Payton moment with Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam. Was that 94, or 95? Uh, but really fun kind of underrated moment.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, the one thing, well, I'll, we'll
1: get to it after the finish. So we're going to get world. to, they're going to about to square off against each other. And this is like basically the entire show as far as like angle building to WrestleMania is, yeah. is, is, it takes place in this battle royal as we're about to see now. The story basically is that the Heenan family is all in the battle royal because there's like 30 people in it. And Hogan and and Andre haven't touched yet. Yeah, and basically the the Heenan family is occupying Andre. uh, I'm sorry, occupying Hogan and beating up Hogan and trying to get him out before he has to even face Andre. I see Hercules and Orndorff, who are both members of the Heenan family, trying to get Hogan out.
3: And Andre didn't do a whole lot, but everything he did worked, like the headbutts. uh,
1: Yeah, at this point. Man,
3: it felt awesome. It still does.
2: This was one of those things where... Again, you know, so Jack here and the comes beanstalk you don't want to see the you know, the giant doing high flying moves. Oh here, yeah, here we go. Hogan and Andre. This was Coco first wants time. screen time. Yeah, first time in the ring, kind of look basically. at
3: Hillbilly James
1: face selling it.
2: Why is Coco Be Weird getting in the mix there? He must have won a little bit of T V time. <laughs> <laughs> and Hogan hitting Andre a couple times. Andre's phased and then Ornorf and Smash break it up.
3: Perfect, dude. Didn't give you,
2: didn't get, you want to see more, you want to see more,
3: you want to see more.
2: more. It's like Hogan and the Warrior that you're in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And then now Andre with the classic, that headbutt to the back of the head on Hogan. And then just throws him out like a piece of trash. And look at Andre's face. Such like, that was nothing. Watch the hands. (laughs) So good.
1: And that's the the hard. that's I thought I'm pretty sure won this battle royal, in my opinion. Yeah, it's weird that he, he it's weird that he does not because a his gimmick was that he was a undefeated for 15 years. That's what they say. He wasn't, but that's the WWF story. And that, and but he loses this battle royal. Now they do some storytelling. They have another. They have a reason why he doesn't win because they're setting up another match for WrestleMania. But it is but this the whole but angle. that match didn't sell any tickets that they you know they have. You this. didn't. You, I actually think that Hercules versus Billy Jack Haynes drew more was what really drew that crowd that day, Raj. Come on. (laughs) Um, I do think, though, that I guess they accomplished their goal, right? Like, that was it. Well, it's great because it's like Hogan. This is the first time Hogan and Andre are really, like, kind of facing each other in a wrestling competition, and Andre disposes Hogan pretty easily. And that that, really sells the match is that, like, wow, Andre dominated Hogan in a way that you never saw Hogan dominated in, and that made the match that much more intriguing. And It's really simple. It's one spot yeah i mean the, back in the day they'd have hogan get beat
2: it was always by count out or you know in a way like this in a battle royal, yeah he would to well, yeah, set up a, the rematch he'd or, get
1: screwed or there'd be stuff like that or yeah. it'd be a, a double count out or but he or a never DQ. got pinned and so I remember, and he doesn't get pinned here but that's but right. it's almost the same thing is that like andre defeated hulk hogan like it was nothing
0: right
2: And now a bunch of guys are on andre demolition hercules coco beware hillbilly jim
1: yeah, I didn't mind this. Uh, it makes but, sense. I mean, you can they sell it as, a, like, it took eight guys to get rid of Andre the Giant, which is true. Um, I, to me, it was kind of weird because the whole angle is that, like, Andre's unbeatable, but he lost this match. And I know Battle Royals maybe don't count as official L's in the column, but it is, it is kind of weird. You I, think I just- they would... It would, make, it would almost be better if they saved that confrontation to the the end. Like, Hogan fights off all the yeah. Heenan family, gets the last ones eliminated, and then it's just him and Andre squaring off, and Andre beats him, like, really fast.
2: So Andre is out by, like, ten guys. Uh, again, I just feel like Andre was such a monster to see any weakness on him yet. Just seemed... Again, it's, it doesn't hurt it that much, but it would have been... Yeah. I think it would have been it's, a little more effective if he still... He may on. just wanted to go
3: home, too. Man. The, the Hogan thing was, you know, he was in there for a little while, so... Yeah.
1: Yeah, true. But there's not that much left in this. Yeah, and now if the star power really diminishes. It's really just Hogan and Andre. Um, there goes Hillbilly Jim.
2: Yeah, I'm sure the rating for this first quarter was just gigantic. Mm-hmm. Because if they did 11.6, and, uh, you know, you got to think that yeah, the last segment was probably out. like a 7.5. So.
1: Well, at the end, the last thing actually on the show is a really nice tribute to Roddy Piper and his career. Um, so they do save that for last, which is a little bit better than the typical kind of Saturday Night's main event. Like it's not the Billy Jack Haynes, um, Blackjack Mulligan match like last week. Um, that was, so there uh, is that.
2: That wasn't Billy Jack Haynes. That was Blackjack Mulligan and um...
3: uh, Jack. Uh, no, uh, the Rocker story. Uh, Jimmy Jack Funk. Jimmy Jack, Jack Funk.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's too many uh, Jacks at this point in time. Hercules <laughs> <laughs> G- looks great. I like how
3: he's going to he turns to Bobby for advice here and there, too. Uh, nice little little nuances in pro wrestling. but
2: Hercules, well, was, t- Hercules was always one of those guys that had the look, the yeah. physique. He just never had that promo ability that could complete
1: yeah. the package. And at that time, a lot of guys had a similar look and physique. Well, you know, uh, when people talk about how how it was the, the era of the giant
2: roided up guys, when you look at the biggest stars of this era... You know Hogan, obviously he he was the giant, mm-hmm. muscly guy. But then you had DiBiase, Piper, Savage. They weren't perfect. the perfect honky tonk man. I mean, Jake the Snake. <laughs> they weren't these. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah, they they didn't fit that mold. And and then you guys had guys like Hercules and Billy Jack Haynes, and they never made it to that main event level.
3: To me, Hercules was just a, a victim of poor timing. Yeah. If you look at the tag team division, Power. I always like Power and Glory. If they, were like few, finisher. if they were around a few years later, they would have been the stars of the division, right? They would have been like, think of just tag teams. It couldn't have been a worse time to be a, a good tag team. You needed to be a great one back then. They, were, I thought they were very underrated.
2: They were. And I felt like there was a, a natural feud there to get Paul Roma, almost like a Shawn Michaels, Marty Gennetti kind of thing, for Paul Roma to become that arrogant heel and, and go to the next level. And then it just kind of, I forget exactly why it ended. I don't know if, Hercules got injured. Um, I'm forgetting exactly. He wasn't a bad
3: baby face. Like his match against the Earthquake, it stands out. Like he could work a a, a,
2: a crowd pleasing style.
1: Yep. Here it comes.
2: And now Hercules eliminates Billy Jack Haynes, and Hercules wins the the Battle Royal.
1: Yep, and that sets up their match at WrestleMania three. They had like the Battle of the Full Nelsons, mm-hmm. and that was one of the. Yeah, I would say more pushed undercard matches outside of the intercontinental championship match the the didn't for
3: Bill and Jack Haynes too. didn't last too much longer
1: yeah yeah, uh, yeah Her- Hercules was in the company for longer than I thought I think he was in from like 84 to 91 justin I think... will probably remember this too oh wait who we got Andre the giant promo
2: where are they by the way that yeah they've got this weird it's like a, a sauna yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know if there's a sauna at the Joe Louis Arena, in Detroit. Maybe. You think an arena off athletes would want to, you know? a Sauna. Now Heenan must have sprinted back from the ringside.
0: To, well, these are this is, this is not. I know it's. Order. Tape. I know it's. Tape, <laughs> but the idea is that right. like
1: he's coming late into the promo, like as soon as you know um, Billy Jack Haynes' feet hit the get. floor, he just sprints back.
3: Twenty-two. So. But I agree. It would have made sense, right? Here you could have had Haynes and Hercules do something together, double illumination. Like it would have been. This moment would have been enhanced. Of course, had Andre won. There's nobody better. There's no. There's no stopping him. It is a unique. It is an interesting decision to have not have Andre win. Yeah. Always great when Bobby's dis- disheveled too, good yeah. or bad, right?
2: Yeah. And they made it seem like Andre didn't lose. Like he got the victory by throwing out Hogan. Like, here in this promo. Well, he's... Yeah, he's pushed uh, this being... That the, uh,
3: was that the powerbomb? He gets up and walks away. He no-sells the powerbomb. Is that the right... Because that was the beginning of the end.
1: And that was post...
3: I think that was post Power and Glory. He's doing singles again. But that that sounds yeah. right.
1: Yeah, I think Roma had left the company by that point. It'd to be go Roma. be a, a four-horseman. Yeah, so they're
2: really... They're not selling Hercules winning they're selling yeah, Andre throwing Hogan out. Now I uh, was gonna to tell Justin the last. when Hercules turned uh babyface. Remember they had he was on the Brother Love show mm-hmm. and Macho Man came out and endorsed him and they did the thing with Macho Man That's and Hercules.
1: Right. Well like how everyone turned babyface back then. He had at first he was a Heenan client then got really mad at Heenan turns on Heenan and then becomes the baby face. That was like how they did it. Here but come to, these to, graphics but but Look at the, that. Uh, yeah, the, King, the Kong Bundy King Kong Bundy graphic. So King Kong Bundy
2: versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, weren't they both in the Legion of Doom back in the day
1: before WWF, it was the Road Warriors, oh, you're King right. Kong
2: Bundy, and I, can't, I, I thought no, it was no, Jake right. Roberts. No,
1: Jake is because... Um, well, I'm saying this because I, I was listening to uh, Wrestling Observer Radio today, and they brought it up. Uh, Dave mentioned that they were they brought it up because they were talking about the dark side of the ring, and that they, yeah, Jake Roberts was part of that group, according to Dave. So I'll defer to him. But
3: what does the snake think or do in the bag? Is that is that something like? Can you still? They he's still in the, the snake's still in the bag in AEW, right? Is it just well, the I, one, that's the you I carried? was
1: wondering, is was there only one Damien?
3: No, I think Jake said that. uh, I think I'd have to go look at some old interviews. I think he said like he'd leave it in the trunk or I think there was more. And then they would free and this poor snake would freeze. And so I think there was, and that Bundy LJN figure, if you guys saw that in the crowd, maybe the greatest, one of the greatest wrestling figures of all time. It it weighed like four pounds.
1: Yeah. Here's Jake in the bag. That's not nice, Justin. Jake's not in the bag. No, but (laughs) is.
2: We were um, talk, talking <laughs> last week about how they had, they did a little tribute to the 80s with Jake doing the thing on Brandy and putting the snake on Brandy, except it was a lot more uh, Oh, look at this promo. Even that, I don't think they would do back in the 80s.
3: No. And like, I think, you know, I really thought about our, our moment, our, our our discussion last week and, I like the way it, it carried over to this week's, and I'm excited for that match and that moment. And I think Jake and Lance have worked well together, and I didn't know if they would, um, but yeah, I'm still surprised that like the whole point is the snake's coming to get you. It's still still odd yeah. that it would in the, fir- in the first time they touched, the snake would get on her. But um, look at Bundy too. Bundy was another guy, a different shape, a different size. Yeah.
1: To me, Bundy is all about the singlet. You know what
0: also his bald so head if he had yeah, like long
2: hair beard. and a beard he would not it would just be like some out of shape guy but he had a, it, it, his bald head and his face just made yeah
1: it work Brett Hart's oh, book described him as a a large egg on two sturdy legs
2: <laughs>
1: perfect also
3: a big mainstream star like the married with children stuff yeah. at the time was was a big big deal mm-hmm. i always would have liked uh, bundy and stud to be tag champs um mm-hmm. uh, but Also, the tag
2: team division was loaded back then. They didn't really do the single stars as a a, a tag team.
1: See that Bundy fell, yeah. Bundy main evented WrestleMania 2 against Hogan in the steel cage match, which I actually think is a really good match that holds up pretty well for the time. Um, it's not technically like a great match, but it's a good cage match fight and it's a good ending to WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, his his stock does fall and he's in that kind of comedy match at WrestleMania three.
3: But that's it's the story of every like major villain with Hogan. So it was almost mm-hmm. the, the question wasn't how does your Hogan feud work, but how does it work after? So like Bundy, mm-hmm. Boss Man, uh Quake, like how what do you do after the big Hogan story? How do you how do you can you find some way to have, have longevity? And, and, uh, and the thing Bundy, is it, and it, usually it was Quake. turning
2: babyface. Bossman, mm-hmm. yeah. like boss man, you know. Savage he, he, to think Savage fell down the card, you know, like after, right? I know. like he wasn't in main events. I mean, after Quake wrestling.
3: too, Quake. Earthquake, I love Earthquake, yeah. but he's never a he's never a legitimate singles contender. After that, he's great in the tag
1: team. Right. Um, well, but
0: it's it's kind of different. how,
1: and we see this a lot, you know, in wrestling history and, and even recently, when you have the monster heel. There's the rise, which is them squashing everyone, and then there's after they eventually lose to the baby face, cause their entire point of them is to be built up and to eventually lose to the super baby face. What happens with them after that? And when they're not, when kind of like the aura is a little bit gone because they've lost. And we've seen that a lot with, you know, guys who have feuded with Cena over the years. And I think, you know, we saw Lisa, it with the, uh, Bray Wyatt. the, yeah, the original Bray Wyatt character, which was that eventually he would lose and he would lose feuds like handily. And then, okay, what happens when the guy who's like supposed to be a monster threat is it, it kind of exposed as being just someone that can lose to anyone else? And it's very difficult to rebound. You have to be a very versatile performer to be able to pull that off. And in a lot of cases, not to knock these guys, but a lot of them have like a unique size aspect to them, and they might not have the kind of versatility that a Roddy Piper might have or a Randy Savage or someone who has kind of like a, a real diverse talent set.
3: Someone might be able to correct me on this, but if if Bundy's Mania matches are only Hogan, Hillbilly Jim, and and you know the mixed tag or the tag match and Undertaker, I can't think of any others. It's it's quite a Mania resume. Not not much to it. Well, well, the I mean, first one
2: with SD Jones. That's
3: right. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, the the that, squash that, match. Yeah. Right. So quite quite a four a foursome for uh on his WrestleMania portfolio.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, he's gone from the company. I think by the end of like 1988 um so th- and then he doesn't yeah, come back until that kind of undertaker run
2: you mentioned uh married with children he was in that movie the richard pryor movie uh moving yes he had a part in that he was uh he was getting a lot of offers in in hollywood i'll be with the snake <laughs>
1: yeah. I right, if there was do you think the snake's in there or do you think it's like props no, I think it's in. Uh, it looks I
3: like it's in uh.
2: This was the '80s. They didn't have all these, you right. know, someone coming back and
1: replacing the bags. And... and Jake apparently killed Bobby Heenan and got the snake back because Heenan's not doesn't come back. I don't think. A lot of Heenan on the show, and I'm not complaining. Heenan was. Yeah. It's really amazing how much he was leaned on. Basically, every heel. On this show so far. And, and same with last week is that like Bobby Heenan's their manager and like he's responsible for basically getting a lot of the heat.
3: And hey, Bundy, a nice breather too. Like, not even storyline wise, just like the guy's working here. Uh, I'm sure he didn't mind the break.
2: Yeah. and But even after this, this year, uh Bundy was in a main event with Hogan. I mean, it was still building the Hogan and Andre continuing their feud after WrestleMania 3. And then the first Saturday Night's main event I ever saw as it aired was January of 88. And that was Bundy versus Hogan. That was at the end when Hogan choked the, I mean, Ho- Andre choked the hell out of Hogan and had like 15 guys trying to break it up and they couldn't. Um, So Bundy, you know, he stayed relevant. He didn't totally fall off from WrestleMania two.
0: Yeah.
1: Hear, and but, he was around like wrestling for a while. I want to say he went to Japan and was very successful there in like the early nineties, the time he wasn't working um in the wwf so he had a really long successful career um you know after wrestlemania 2 yeah jake the snake roberts
2: probably the greatest wrestling theme of all time justin a little trivia for you where was that first used on wwe tv jake's theme Mm-hmm.
3: that's a tough question another great instrumental
2: Jake's theme was first used oh. somewhere else, and then it became his theme. Can you give us a hint? It was in a uh, montage. I don't know. That's a tough one. It was on the the main event, Hogan versus Andre, and they had a vignette of Hogan working out uh, before the match, and that vignette. They used uh, that theme, and then that later became Jake the Snake's theme. Oh, that's pretty cool. And, and I love dead. Jake. Jake's
3: second theme, both both themes. I mean, the second one was like a weird. Trust me. Yeah. Um, what it was working out? I I did not remember that. Yeah. Um both, both both are very good.
1: Yeah. So that had a, that match is a terrible finish. Jake just knee lifts the referee for no reason and gets disqualified. So Jake um, was
2: early into his face turn here, and I liked how back in the day. When you turned, you weren't a completely different character. So Jake just, is still kind yeah. of a a prick, and just knees the referee. <laughs> yeah,
1: Jake is definitely someone, and there's a few other performers like him who everyone agrees is was like one of the most talented people. Just all things considered, in wrestling, and while he had a lot of successes in his career, he kind of never got to the level that he he could have reached. And there's a few other names that I feel like are like that. Um, Scott Hall How is one of, that of them. Jesse obviously, is,
3: is revisionist though uh, with Jake. Like that card was just who's he gonna? I don't know. Like he wasn't replacing. So it goes. It's Hogan, it's Hogan Savage Warrior. Hogan. Um, I don't know who whose spot Jake's takes. I mean, I know I've heard him say that, and we've done interviews where he said he could have been the guy. Is he really? and yeah, I think mean, Jake's amazing, but is he really? Well, we do face get that. You're yeah, right, Justin.
1: You're right, Justin. That. Um, but you know, like Jake could have main evented a WrestleMania against Hogan or Warrior or whoever the top. I baby don't faced think with so him. back then.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that- Jake wasn't a WrestleMania main eventer guy. I mean, I don't know. I he mean- was a, he was an intercontinental. You could easily put him. Him and Savage would have been a great intercontinental feud before Savage became the guy. But Jake was not quite the. <laughs> yeah. Well, the best Jake. The best shot
3: he had of that was as the villain. Um, and he right. gets this. I think he has the Survivor Series main event. Uh, no, was he with Randy that Savage? Match three, that match was three on three, though. Uh, was Jacob who was in it? It was it was a three on three match, man. It was it was Sid the Boss. I'm, I'm, I'm off now. Somebody's gonna
2: write this in. You're thinking it, of like 1990, right? When Savage was retired and trying to come back, 91. So 91. It,
3: yeah. show opens with Flair. Because I don't think Hogan Undertaker ends that show. I think the show ends with the Legion of Doom, Sid Justice. What it's worth, but was Sid in that. Did Sid also get not allowed to wrestle that match? There's something that match ends. It's three on three. It's not four on four, and that would have been Jake's match too. I'm waiting for somebody to the last to, match.
1: So, so two, Jake
2: actually wrestled. They did that Tuesday in Texas, just a few nights later, uh, and that's where Jake wrestled Savage. Like, and they, hey, so we didn't get we didn't get enough money from you at Survivor Series. We want to, we want to, you know.
3: Well, do we it, we yeah. well so they had teased the that Europe Savage Europe.
2: was going to wrestle a, a Snake at Survivor Series, and then that they're like, "Oh no, we're having another pay-per-view here in a few days." So. Reinstate the Macho Man. I remember right. what the picket fence sign, the picket sign. Reinstatement. Is. That's our plan. Reinstate the Macho Man.
1: <laughs> I wish we actually knew like relevant information instead. we could you know? Know. This is what I know. It's sad. So, <laughs> so Justin, you're talking about the Survivor Series 1991, correct? 91. What's the What's the main What's the last co- so, the, don't so, the, so so Undertaker versus Hulk Hogan is 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 third from the top. There's two matches after that. The one match is a uh, four on four match. It's the Nasty Boys okay. and the Beverly Brothers versus the Bushwhackers yeah. and the Rockers. Okay, that was cool. Down. Needs, which yeah, yeah, we were talking.
3: I, we were talking at least down, right, the split about split cool because either Marty cars Sean or Sean cars Marty. Um, that's, that was a good part
2: yeah. of that angle. Yeah, and then. Well, have- real quick, real quick, this is crazy. Right now, we got the Hart Foundation against Dan Spivey, who I don't think has ever been on a Saturday Night's main event. So this is probably
1: his only one. Well, he was part of the US Express, and uh, Mike Rotunda had just left the company kind of abruptly, which left uh, Spivey without uh, a tag team partner. So they just kind of put him with Tito Santana as like a babyface who wasn't doing anything. Right, so but he was
2: never on a Saturday Night's main event before this, was he? I'm not sure. I don't think so. So, Yeah, so now it's him and Tito Santana against the Hart Foundation. It's kind of interesting. Well, well Tito a, makes sense because uh,
3: they're building of the you know the Tito Danny Davis and that that story what extends back Jesse right. to Boston at the Garden when because uh, I believe Danny Davis is the ref mm-hmm. when Savage wins the IC belt from
2: Tito, so uh, there's a yeah, tie in yeah, there.
0: Sure.
2: No, yeah, no, no. I just mean da- just seeing Dan Spivey, oh, uh, I, you I agree. know, on. Uh, because there was a point when, when he first came in, they thought he was going to be a, a, a big oh. deal. And uh, he was wearing
1: yellow. They had him change to yellow because that was Hogan's colors. And then,
2: yeah, he just kind of... he's not. Him. Yeah, he's
1: not long in this company after that. He goes on to become part of the, the Skyscrapers, mm-hmm. right? Which is one of the Undertaker at Mark uh Calway. It's like original tag team partners. Well,
2: it was Sid Vicious at first, Sid Vicious got injured. Then Undertaker yeah. took his spot. Or was it the other way around?
1: No, I think yeah, it was Sid, Sid Vicious first. And then but then Spivey came in for Vicious, right? Maybe not, I don't know. Someone it's, will crack us.
2: So it was uh Dan Spivey and Sid Vicious and then Sid I mean uh, Dan Spivey and Undertaker, Mark mean Mark. Yeah. Uh, I then God dang it. No, it was Sid Vicious and Dan Spivey. Sid got injured, Mark Calloway took the spot, and then that's uh that was them.
3: He had a good look. Even to Waylon Mercy, and we couldn't move as well back. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesse, who was I know it's it's natural disasters and LOD. Who's oh, yeah. the Let's third guy in each match?
1: In '91, it would be yeah. uh, IRS and um, Big Boss Man.
2: Man. Yeah. Wait, wait. What, what was the last match? That's right. Anyways,
1: Big Boss Man and Legion
2: of Doom versus IRS and the Natural Disasters. And so Sid was supposed to be in there. And who else? Savage. Excuse me, uh, Roberts. Roberts, because Roberts okay. cuts
3: some. A- Roberts cuts a promo and I'm trying to think of he, he he mentions God in it. I just he's wearing an ugly sweater. It's with Gene. Um uh, it's
2: like in amongst the people, but it's another good Jake promo. And was Sid injured? Was that where he had the injury? And he had a... I think so. Cause yeah, he was out for a little bit, like right after he started getting that big push after SummerSlam. Torus Trice, yeah. there you go. Then. thank you, Bruce. Sid Torus Trice, that's right. Yeah, because he would do those promos where he had he was his arm was in a sling.
1: So but I C- guess the point was that was. By the way, way,
2: Sid Vicious interview on Wrestling Inc. this week. Check it out. <laughs> we were talking about Sid so much last week. Sid is. He invented two WrestleManias. He invented two WrestleManias. He's awesome. And his promo ability, it was underrated. He he he, he, he might have said some stupid things here and there, but he was uh, he was great. I'm with you. He kept it. If you kept it in his wheelhouse, like yeah. you know, I think he
3: was he was very very good. Yeah. I don't like. I know there's the 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 nitro where he can't keep it with Kevin Nash. That's not his style, right? right. Like, uh, right. thank you. Uh, also in Detroit, that's right. I like that show a lot. Uh, the night, anyway, and I love how Flair is the. I think that's the Fink announcing. He was the sole survivor, and uh, that was really well done. But
1: well, if you it kept it has- in Sid's wheelhouse, it was perfect. It also has the Gobly Gooker reveal. There was, but un- that's the year, un- that's the year before that's uh, Artford. Pre-
2: oh, right, right, yeah, that was 90. That's Taker, and that's oh, yeah, uh, no, you're right.
1: 90. And you're Taker right. was worried, I was thinking Taker's debut versus Taker winning the world title for the first time, right. yeah, you're right, because the idea allegedly was that Taker was going to come out of the egg.
2: But Taker, he admits that he was scared he was going to be the, the egg man, rightfully so, yeah. <laughs>
3: What was um what was the ninety one tag, the gravest challenge or great it was something like that. The gravest it, it challenge, was Hogan versus was Andre. It, yeah, I
2: mean uh, Hogan versus Taker, yeah.
3: I hope that the Undertaker documentary last ride, I hope they go into I know it's not topical, but to me, Taker couldn't talk back then. And and if he could, he shouldn't. Because like Taker to me is a rest in peace. Right? he's so ominous yeah. and eerie and Paul Bearer was so good back then. Uh, I don't know if Bruce Pritchard his brother love would have would have been able to do that. I know they would have been like the ying to the yang, black and white, uh, right. darkness and light, but mm-hmm. Paul Bearer was so good and so pivotal in takers rise. I hope they give Paul Bearer his credit.
2: I absolutely. I yeah. Yeah. If you're watching the last dance, I'd love to see that. And granted this is, you know, this was created way before the last dance started airing, but it would be cool. You know, in the last dance, how they start, they're showing 96 and then they go back to 88 or 89 or 93. And if they did that with taker where, they're showing him now and they go back to like 99 when he's first talking about retiring or 2004 when they first started talking about ending the streak, you know, just it's too late now, but have you seen the second episode?
3: I have. And I'll I'll do an advanced preview tomorrow. I won't give away too many spoilers. I didn't think it's good. It's not as good as week one. And it looks like, you know, they give you like a clip of scenes from next week in week three ties into the Saudi match. Yeah, uh, with pain against Sean and Triple H. It's like, I can't wait because that, that to me is a Sean fan. Like, Sean deciding yeah. to come back, and I wonder how much Sean talks about his decision. Uh, yeah. but I think that's, but yeah, I, I've seen episode two. It's good, it, it's not as good as the first week, but it's see a table
2: what I, See what I like with the second one, and we got it, Sports Illustrated and Wrestling Inc. We we're going to have a, a our own little uh preview of it or review. Um, what I liked was the Undertaker Vince stuff, like just uh there's some stuff with their relationship is really cool.
3: Yeah. There's one great part too. This is not giving, I will not give it too much away at any point, uh, but because I wouldn't like that if I was, if I was reading or listening, right. but uh, there's one great part where I'm trying to think go. Taker's trying to explain wrestlers and he's like, Oh, you know, wrestlers, it's your own personality. You get on camera, you know, multiply it by 10. He goes, Vince, think of the character on TV in real life. You multiply him by 10. I thought that was a nice, uh, a nice, Way to capture Vince McMahon for those of us who don't know him behind uh, the camera, off camera. But okay. did you think it was as good as the original, uh, the first week?
2: Well, I think the, the original there's some more novelty to it. Yeah, you kind of know what to expect. Um, I, I still thought it was very good. Um, and I, it's kind of like I the was, Last Stand, same thing. The first one you're just kind of blown away, and then you're kind of used draw, to the format. Draws, yeah. um, I do. My only one issue, and I'll
3: I'll mention this when I write about it. I haven't written finished it yet, but. Um, they make the 34 match because it builds to New Orleans and John Cena. Right. They made that match out to be a little bit bigger than it was, I think. Like the match, I don't think it hits three minutes. But yeah. it's still it's still a good moment in his career and he's back. And But it's not like it's a it's a, even a 10-minute
2: match, right? Bell the bell, I don't know if that's... I, feel, I, like, I felt like a, that was an opportunity lost in WrestleMania 34. As opposed to having a bill for, you know... A month or two of John Cena versus The Undertaker. It was just, is Undertaker going to show up? And I felt like you have these two biggest legends in the company, and having them in a match that should be the story, not if Taker is going to show up. And you know, so what I'll
1: say about
0: what I'll say about that is that
2: real quick, uh, the Hart Foundation beat Tito and Danny Davis. I mean, uh, Dan Spivey after Bret Hart pinned Tito Santana after using the megaphone, and now we got Savage on commentary. Just saw Piper promo. And it's Iron Sheik versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Look
1: at this. So the match like
2: and how, Jesse on commentary.
1: I like how the match has already started and they're not showing it. They're showing it's like <laughs> Savage sitting down. That's all you need. Savage and Jesse on commentary, man. That's <laughs> Savage Jesse... was good on commentary, like when he yeah. wasn't wrestling, you know, later. Good or uh, bad
3: though, it okay. didn't matter. Jesse always when even when Macho was champ, Jesse always his commentary at least always spoke very, very often and Everything he could do athletically, and it was a physical marvel. Jesse was very pro Randy, and I always liked that part of his commentary.
2: Yeah, it was consistent, even after Savage was a babyface, he still always yeah. gave Savage his props, he was never coming down on him. And then, uh, yeah, you could tell like Jesse really liked Savage.
3: When I did, I'm trying to think of Savage story, it wasn't recent, oh, I was probably before 31, WrestleMania 31, and, and Jesse spoke, um, and he just, yeah, kind of saying that he had. It's so much respect for him. You wonder too, in the back of his mind, if if Jesse just liked him not not that he didn't like Randy and respect Randy, but Randy was in so many ways the opposite of Hulk. And and Jesse wasn't a Hulk guy. So maybe that played right. played into a
1: Well Jesse a wasn't way. a Hulk guy because he thinks that Hogan stole like part of his gimmick. No, it was because
2: Hogan um union, rather than yeah, the about royalties. the union. Union, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. There's that too.
2: But he didn't find that out till I think 1990 during the lawsuit he had. It was in discovery. But um, it was, Ventura didn't dislike Hogan in this period, but uh, they weren't it's buddies. To him. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, the Chic is Iron Sheik is I think a few months away from his famous uh, arrest when he was driving with uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. They got arrested and pulled over and arrested for drug possession. And the big story from that was not that the drug possession, but that Duggan and Cheek, who had been uh, feuding at the time, were driving in a car together at the same time. And that was a really big story. the drugs
3: didn't, the drugs didn't
1: help. The drugs didn't help, yeah. but the idea was that. And I think it was <laughs> like they dropped they had to dro- end the feud. And I think Duggan left the company and Cheek was suspended for a year. I might That might not be right, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. No, no they, they were Duggan. both... What's up? She's released. Yeah, Sheik's released. and I have my notes yeah, right here. And Duggan was back not
2: too long after because I think he was probably gone like six months maybe. Mm-hmm. Then he came back and then they put him in a feud with Andre.
3: But that, that, you know, and I love the career of Jim Duggan. I think he's one of the all-time greats. He was part of the story we did this week uh, with WrestleMania 3. And I, li- I like calling Jim and speaking to Jim and he's got a really good perspective on the business. You know, Jim was never presented the same. Yes, he had major feuds with just about everybody on the heel side of the card. Um, but he had—he certainly had a ceiling. Uh, he didn't have it, you know. You look to me at WrestleMania three; like he, there's no ceiling. He comes out with the flag with the two by four. He's doing you—it's a more realistic USA chant, more re- realism out of the hacksaw character. He thinks he could have been the next champion. I don't know, but like he has a serious
2: claim. If you wonder if history rewrites itself, if he doesn't have that arrest. I, I yeah, oh, he was a big star. Steamboat just pinned Iron Sheik. And look at that crowd! Look, they
1: just go nuts. They're into Steamboat now. It's funny because Steamboat's run in the WWF isn't that long. No, it's only about two years, maybe.
3: Well, Jesse, it's the big, the big. The, you yeah. kind of laugh when you hear guys say, and I think Scott Hall said, it, and you know, so many guys say, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta work. You can't miss a show. Your name's in the marquee." And it's an interesting point. Like Steamboat doesn't work. He goes to support his. He wants to be home yeah, with his, his wife. His- his, and he is his his never the same expression. in WWE. He's great yeah. elsewhere with Flair and right. other comp- other promotions, but, but he's never the same in WWE. So Yeah. And yeah, when I they mean, brought him back you're... in
1: 91 or 92, and then he, the, he, was, he, was, he had the, the big he lizard, lizard suit. And... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're that good, you can actually afford to do stuff like that. Because, yes, he well, does. Yeah. He, he went on to WCW he went on, and became. He has the most success of his champion. career after he leaves. I mean, well, it depends. Is Intercontinental Champion
2: at this stage in WWF? bigger than you know nwa I mean, world it depends champion, how much money he in was making
3: 89 was yeah. yeah and they they blow it right re- and i know it's a different era and you don't necessarily want the baby face baby face matches but they had a great chance at four to have a, a rematch a savage yeah. steamboat rematch which shows you how much the company internally thought of that match because obviously they loved savage but because he wins that night but man we're perfect for him to knock out steamboat uh along the way shake hands and move on but
2: yeah, well, Bruce Pritchard had a good point where he was saying that night that was to build Savage, and they didn't want any people cheering for the other guy that night, and so that's why they didn't want to do Savage versus Steamboat. But I think everyone that saw that bracket assumed that it was gonna be Savage and Steamboat, and then Savage gets you know the win again. I didn't think Savage was gonna win that tournament. I was hoping to God he did because I was yeah. such a it huge fan. It was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It, I guess the closest thing I could think of, Raj, is the King of the Ring when Brett and Perfect worked together. Yeah. It, they were dueling babyfaces. And I remember not like at the time, yeah. not knowing who would win. But you're right, yeah, it well, very when
1: when Warrior and Hogan met, part of the charm of that was that WWF didn't hadn't done like major babyface versus baby faces matches before. And you really didn't know who was gonna win because both guys had, were so protected we got Hogan this is Hogan promo number 4 or 5. I think it's number 4. Cuz <laughs> he cuts 3 really quick and then now he he found his way into the bathroom. Um Joe Greer bringing up we saw Savage versus Steamboat at the Wrestling
2: Classic before WrestleMania 3, yep. And that was the one I think Junkyard Dog won that one uh by beating Savage by count out in the finals, but yeah, um Savage pinned Steamboat in that. That's
3: venue. right. I didn't we were talking Undertaker. Um I will say I liked the Cena in the crowd. I didn't think it would work. Cena but you know buying a ticket, sitting in the crowd. I think it actually worked, but I agree that that match build could have been better. And I know that was one of the things I think people will like about episode two of Taker, like will he or won't he wrestle at WrestleMania thirty four? Uh internally was was a big debate. So um. so this is
1: a great Piper promo. Piper coming in. He's a babyface, his career is gonna end at WrestleMania. And they do this. He cuts his promo, and they do this tribute to him. That's really impressive.
2: I just Piper been filming Day Live.
1: Did they Live had it come out yet, or does it come out after this? Um, I, it comes out because they they kind of sell like he even says like I'm going off to Hollywood. So I'm not sure. Um, what was great about this is that it's real. Like, yeah.
2: it, now WWE, they won't acknowledge if someone leaves for Hollywood. They're just like, oh, they're gone.
1: Yeah, so Day Live came out November 4th, 1988. So they okay. probably hadn't filmed it yet. It's so late. this is, he's leaving to go film it. And then, I mean, that was a cult classic. Yeah, Piper I mean. He was great in that, too. He's, he's, he's so good. And he's so good in this promo. And when they play this video package, it's amazing to think he was really only in the company for like three or four years.
2: It's weird how much a year was back then. Like and, and four and the thing years is, ago have, in
1: WWE now, is kind, of, kind of the same. And they don't have – and the thing is like it wasn't like that weekly television where Piper was on Raw every night. You know, They did have um, – They had superstars, but yeah, he wasn't – It wasn't like always like the Roddy Piper show on that and the fact and that he, he was created
3: – If Hogan was the face of WrestleMania, which I, I'd certainly say he was, yeah. Piper wasn't probably number two, right? I mean he was there in one. He had the team at Mr. T-Match in WrestleMania 2 – retirement in 3 like he had a big big run in those re- those first three manias.
2: Yeah. And then you know, still years later WrestleMania 8, he had the you know, the great match with his he, best match I think I've ever seen him in was Bret Hart at WrestleMania 8. Yeah. And then a great match with uh Goldust at WrestleMania 12. Maybe didn't
3: age as well, but the backlot brawl at right. the time I thought, you know, was exciting but um he also that WrestleMania eight match, speaking a great promos, like he bring and you know, we talked about Bret as a talker earlier earlier tonight. Like they they brought a different side of Bre- he brought a different side of Bret out in that Gene interview. Yeah, uh, he's talking about Mrs. Hart and kind of teasing Bret, and then uh, yeah, that's a great
2: not a long angle, but a, a very powerful one. Well, when you think about um, guys making guys, I, th- I really felt like Piper made Bret that night because I never I didn't see Bret as a single star until WrestleMania eight. And after that, I never saw him. Not I could never picture him not as a main eventer.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: I agree. Yeah, I agree. What's What's interesting about Piper is that most people remember him as a, like this like dynamic heel, but he was only a heel in the WWF for he he turns at the end of WrestleMania right. too. So he's only a heel for like two years. He's
2: a face for the majority of the time.
1: Yeah, um, but it also shows his kind of personality. He's definitely he's definitely and plus how strong I, he was as a heel. You know, when people talk about yeah. Ultimate Warrior failing mm-hmm. as a babyface. He was
2: feuding with, and this is no disrespect to Rick Rude. Rick Rude was great, but he had been a mid-carder up until that point and they just threw him into the main event mix. He didn't have that Piper, like a a main event guy, uh, to feud with right after he won the title. And I felt like that hurt his title reign. They didn't put him in with Randy Savage or, you know, someone like that. Someone established. And Rick Rude obviously became established later,
1: but uh, at that time he wasn't. Yeah, I mean the Warrior thing has a lot of, uh, you know, different aspects to it, and it's it was just a different time. I mean, the fans had already been, you know, had already gone through the whole Hogan experience, and then Warrior was not a clone of Hogan, but was presented in a similar light to Hogan, and the fans necessarily didn't necessarily want that. And um, I, I don't agree with that. I think the fans were
2: very into Warrior. He just wasn't Hogan, and you know, it's kind of like, no, who? But who was?
1: But well if you yeah, for sure.
2: If you could have had Andre
3: in that spot, he would have been perfect. And you could debate like I understand why they did it because they wanted a worker with with the warrior, but in terms of earthquake, like Earthquake and Hogan, yes, they were they, that that pairing made sense. But like Earthquake also would have made sense for you, a big unstoppable force that that nobody could get by. That was the so they they kind of went a different direction with Rick Rude. Um I agree. And even even that Survivor series, he's in there with perfect. Another Tremendous wrestler, but not these larger than life forces right. like perfect. Hogan. You
2: saw him lose to Brutus Beefcake, the you know, the WrestleMania before. Uh, you, you didn't have the larger than life uh, opponents, opponents, yeah. Yeah, there
3: wasn't one Hogan got him, but right, but, uh, Warrior didn't. Yeah, could you
2: imagine how big WrestleMania 7 would have been if it would have been Warrior turning heel and going against Hogan? In the rematch, I don't think another face versus face ma- match would have worked, but Probably. I think that match would have been money.
3: To me, Slaughter Hogan works on paper, and it's a good like SummerSlam match. Right. It's it's not a yeah. I know they sell it now in revisionist, a little bit revisionist, but I, it's it's not the best mania. I agree. Uh, so the Hogan Warrior rematch would have been electric. Yeah.
2: Now this well, is s- it. It ending didn't... credits with the music back. God, I love this theme. Kevin Dunn in the credits. Yeah.
1: Dick Ebersol. So, so what do you, what was your guys' favorite part of the show? I think this. Andre tossing it, out to, home. It, it really has to be. It's the entire show is basically built around that one angle, and it's so successful. I mean, if you look back on it, has there been a more like successful angle with less real, like, I don't want to say like, uh, like content put into it? You know, you think about how much like work goes into WrestleMania angles and the main event of WrestleMania, and there's an uh, angle every week. This is basically like. You have the conference. You have the the confrontation where Hogan gets the um, trophy for holding the championship forever, and Andre gets the trophy for being undefeated. And Andre gets mad, and then you do the the pull apart where Andre scratches Hogan, and then I think they have the press conference between the two of them where they sign like, do the contract signing, and then you have this, um, and that's pretty much it. And you know, it's then they have out- then they draw the biggest crowd in, in wrestling history up until that point in time. Jesse, I know at one point says I'm gonna. He's
3: just a piper. Piper played a big part in this too. Uh, Jesse says the piper. It's kind of all hands on deck. I'm gonna. I'm gonna deliver Andre the Giant, and he does. But when when Andre comes, he's with Bobby, and I mean, you you basically knew what that meant. Um, yeah, I, I agree. The Battle Royal is my favorite. I my two favorite scenes are when Coco tries to get a little bit of screen time in a moment clearly designed for Hogan and Andre. And I also love, uh, yeah, Andre again that arrogant demeanor. He was so good. As a heel, as a villain, uh, and he dumps Hogan over the top, and and uh, kind of like throwing away the trash, uh, Jesse says. So, uh, yeah, it was a really good moment. It built perfectly, or just built just r- just right to WrestleMania three.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: I I also think Savage on commentary was just was yeah. just great. Just Savage and, in general, um, and Savage really sells his match with Ricky Steamboat on commentary because. Yeah. I mean, he's already he's kind of wrapping up his feud with George Steele to a degree um, at the start of the show, and then he's then he, when he comes back out, he's now focused on Ricky the Dragon. Steamboat. Yeah, that
2: that feud was done; like they mm-hmm. basically killed it, and now it moves on to Steamboat. And man, yeah, where Savage would go from there was just insane. Um, March 1987, mm-hmm. the top movies at the box office: Nightmare on Elm Street three and Lethal Weapon. So. Oops.
3: Who's the biggest star from that show then, now? And they're all young. They're all the same age, similar, similar, st- similar size, similar personalities. Who's the biggest star you transport
1: him
2: to 2020?
1: Savage is the complete package. Would Savage work
2: today? I mean, it depends what you mean. Like, if he's giving scripted stuff,
1: that he wouldn't work. I actually think he'd do well with the scripted stuff, if only because even when he's cutting that promo with Oakland and he's a great talker, his mannerisms. Yeah. And like the way he moves around, to me that's a little bit more timeless. Yeah, and he just has some sort a of level of physical charisma, and it's really to me it's it's not even he he has some great lines at times, but to me his charisma it's just his physical charisma, uh, you know, and the outfit and all that kind of stuff almost it would it would almost transcend that. Uh, to me, it's he'd be the intensity
3: too, no matter whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Savage would be an interesting fit. Piper, Piper would be an interesting fit too, though. But again, you're right. Would these guys be would they be scripted? Would they be? I mean, I guess my question is if they could be themselves, who right. would be the biggest star in 2020. But if, if these guys could be themselves, the current roster, who would be the biggest star now
2: too? So yeah, it's yeah. a different era. Yeah. Cause you look at Andre, I mean, who stands out more than him, but in today's era, they'd be like, Oh man, he, he does the same moves. He does the same three moves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, well, if you want, like I personally think, and this is going to be like a super hot take and people aren't going to like it. I think like as pure overall talent, the Big Show is more talented than Andre the Giants.
0: Yeah, he's a, I, I
1: he's, the, he's, he's a better he's, worker. He's a good talker. And, uh, as Different. a as a like moves guy, and but not no, uh, but even beyond just talking about like he can do more in the ring. And, and to be fair, what most people see of Andre, which is this you know mid to late eighties version of Andre, was not like Andre in his prime. He had a lot of injuries. He had unhealthy lifestyle. He was you know obviously had his had his um disease and, and so like that's not really like the Andre that we saw in the 80s is like from an athletic standpoint it's not the same but I just I, think like I, big show I, I, is I don't agree you say promos yeah andre no
2: way. Oh, because oh, you don't want drago cutting Apollo Creed promos right his Andres are more memorable they're more effective they they really uh they drive at home big show you don't remember what he said it's just kinda he can talk I mean I he can he can, can say un- Full sentences, but you don't want that with a giant with Andre. It was more effective with the the three sentences he said, and that was it. And it was and also way so too more
3: Rush, like it was the voice. And, and Paul White sounds like a normal human being. Andre sounded like a like a hit right. gar- marbles. In it. It's just the whole package with Andre. The voice uh, he was he was frightening. He was, but I agree though. Like I, Mr. Kurt, Edding drops a perfect flex on on Nitro on on Big Show on on the Giant. Like Paul White, I agree with you. He's superb in the ring. Um, I guess it, it's a debate of and it's subjective and object subjectivity, but like is more better? Like just because you can do more, does right. that mean you're better? But I I don't he can do a drop kick. He could do it. didn't he do a moonsault, I think. Big show, am I
2: wrong? He did something. I feel like he did something off the top rope. Know. But again, of, like to that point, you don't want to see your giants do that. If any if Kurt Henny could perfect plex him, then why do I care if you know someone can body slam him? Right. It's, it's, and that's
3: why it's funny too. Like I love the uh, big show slam. Cesaro WrestleMania 30, but it's like, well, we've seen Big Show slam, so right. everything. I still like the moment, Um, but I wish that it had meant a little more because we we see it so often. And I, I know Andre that slammed plenty of times going back to even United Kingdom uh when he was, when he worked there near the beginning of his career, but it was, it was fun. Like, the way there's they an built awesome,
1: it, there's an awesome YouTube video out there. It's like every time Andre has been slammed based on like what video evidence they have. And it's really fascinating because you get, actually get to see him like throughout his entire career and all these places he worked. There's you know video from him in Japan, video from him in Mexico, video of him working in all these various territories. That like I think a lot of people when they think of Andre, which is is fair because it's the most high profile stuff. They think of his WWF stuff and was, you know his feud with Hogan. But he wrestled pretty much. He wrestled basically traveled more than anyone else in wrestling history and worked in more territories than than anyone else in wrestling history. And he basically interacted with every single person that was a major wrestling star from 1970 you know, 72 to 1992. Um, And it's really fascinating to kind of look at that aspect of his career.
2: Yeah. And again, from a storytelling standpoint, WWF, it's their book. And when they're saying he's 15 years undefeated, he had never lost in WWF when they said he had never been body slammed. He hadn't been body slammed in WWF. No, he was. He's Hogan Hogan, body slammed him in in
1: 1980 at the showdown at at Shea. Yes, you're right. Okay, but but but, the, but but what you're talking about, Raj, is that in 1980 the WWF yeah. was a very different promotion. It was still yeah. mostly under North- Vince's
2: East- WWF. Yeah, it
1: was a Northeast regional promotion. Yeah. Fans on other parts of the country had never seen Hogan and Andre before. Right. Yeah. And, awesome.
2: and to, to that point, you know, it's just like part of that story. This character had, you know, um, had not been slammed. I don't know. It adds to it. Ninety nine ninety five percent of people didn't know Andre had been slammed going into that match. They didn't know that Andre had lost before. It just made it a much better story.
3: Which is why it's so important that Hogan goes to. I love how he goes to that slam really in the first like opening. Yeah, oh, yeah, and he can't
1: do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right,
3: it's a great way to start off the match. I mean, the match was well built, well designed. Uh, everything about it was right, and, and even Jesse on commentary, like in Gorilla, uh, they, they add a lot too. And um, yeah, it was. But I think it's important that he, they established early on in that match that Hogan couldn't slam him. Yeah. And that, to yeah. me, really hammered it home.
2: Yeah, it, it was great storytelling that not only did Hogan beat Andre, but he slammed him, which at that point in the new Vince McMahon era was impossible. I mean, they had the body slam challenge was WrestleMania 1, Big John right. Studd and Andre. And this big guy, Big John Studd, couldn't do it.
3: My only issue, uh, and I like Bob Uecker a
2: lot, but my only issue with WrestleMania 3, looking you know, a
3: little forward after this Saturday Night's main event, is you don't yeah. hear the Fink after yeah. the match they don't play the music right away bob euchre comes in and it's it's cool they wanted they wanted it to be infused with celebrities but uh what a cool call that would have been had the fink called the winner um but we heard well, i guess we heard a lot of howard finkel too but would
2: have
1: definitely yeah. missed
2: opportunity for rest it would, it would have added that much more yeah. yeah all
1: right that's pretty much it um thanks a lot everyone for tuning in raj you got anything else uh yeah. Keep checking out wrestling Inc. We mentioned
2: Sid Vicious. We also got, uh, we had, um, gosh, is, is, hold on one second. Let me double check here. Cause there's like a ton of things. Christian, um, Justin, why don't you go to your plugs and then we'll, we'll get. <laughs>
0: <mine>.
2: <laughs> You're only the president of the site rush.
3: Uh, I, 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 I'm disappointed obviously that I, I, I think it, it looks really good. I mean, Christian actually looks great. And he's an executive producer in that cage fighter movie with, with John Moxley. Mm. We can't see that in the United States till, till the fall. Uh, it's too bad. They couldn't come to an agreement with, with fight. It would have been fun to watch that on Saturday night. Um, uh, this week, uh, we had the, we had a John Moxley interview. I had a John Moxley interview with sports illustrated on Wednesday. Uh, we'll have the undertaker piece tomorrow. So it's, it's been a busy week. Um, mm. But I think, uh, yeah, Moxley was good. I think it showed him maybe in a bit of a different light and what he's trying to accomplish with Brody Lee. Uh, but also, uh, I'm excited to to kind of give an advanced preview of the Taker story tomorrow as well. Uh, my Twitter handle's here, at Justin So For anyone reading, thank you. And for those who listen and comment, like, it's fun. So I, I hope you're having as much fun as we are discussing uh, wrestling. And, and I, I made a couple reasons why. Jesse, I hope, maybe we'll do this off the air, but 1991 Sid Justice was was peak Sid, Sid so I'm, I'm excited to, to, to give you those as soon as we get off the air
2: Let, yeah let's 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 discuss this for sure because <laughs> I agree uh, so here we go uh, our exclusive interviews this past week Psycho Sid Sid Vicious uh, Heath Slater Christian Kofi Kingston uh, Tama Tonga so uh, it's just been a stacked week we got a, a bunch of cool stuff coming up the rest of this week and next week we got some huge names so keep checking out wrestling.com also tons of news it's been insane this week Um, It's been like 50 articles a day, so keep checking it out. It's wrestling's not slowing down.
3: Rush, what's a normal day? 50 is a huge day.
2: What's a normal day? I would say like 25 to 30. Slow Uh, days, probably like 15 to 20.
1: Certain days are going to like Monday is going to be a bigger day, obviously. Yeah, Saturdays and Sundays.
2: But I also try to uh, schedule a bunch of stuff for the weekends that aren't necessarily uh, time-sensitive pieces. You know, just so you know, we have stuff for people to check out you know even when there is nothing going on like this weekend no major pay-per-views so uh I you're right ever since
3: money in the bank was the it was the taker uh which was documentary it was it was the becky money that I, I thought, was, pay-per-view, I thought was very very good otis winning which was a surprise becky lynch the pregnancy oscar becoming champion like this week and then a, i feel like a million other things this, this week was a, a a pretty big week kind of out of nowhere but yeah
2: yeah, absolutely.
3: I, I gotta mention too the part that I've been thinking about all week, and I, I don't blame Charlie Caruso, but her dropping in that line, it could be the greatest match ever. Do we I'm excited to see Edge and Randy Orton. Like I think that match sells. That's a big match. Do we need her to throw like I wonder if that line was scripted or if she was trying to add lib It's not. It was she, not her
1: idea. I don't I mean, know that for a fact. I, I should report so. that,
3: but yeah, I, I don't I, I'm sure it was scripted, but uh it just seemed like an oddly placed like non sequitur. The match will be good, but like will it will be savage steamboat. No, Uh it, even I, I think Tom Phillips earlier in the show said Becky Lynch's announcement was one of the biggest in WWE history. I think it's great, yeah. but like, is it one of the biggest ever? Yeah, I, I mean, the
1: hyperbole is part of wrestling, but there's a level that you can keep it at without like making we're everyone roll their eyes. And it, it's hyperbole- too bad
2: because Edge and Orton were so great in that segment. Edge was fantastic. That's- His acting. And just, he didn't look like he was overdoing it, like not being sure. He looked, it was so natural. And and if Charlie left off with, well, hopefully we'll find out soon or something. Next week. Yes. that, That would have been...
1: Even if she said, I'm sure it's going to be a great match, but when you say it might just be the greatest match of all time, it's like, okay, that's a pretty high bar. I would, I would have left on a cliffhanger.
2: Be- like, Hopefully we'll find out, you know. Next, week. next yeah, week. To me, that should go back to the broadcast
3: team. Cause she, the weird thing is, too, and you couldn't see her because she's off camera, but she, I believe, leaves the ring. They must have I'm sure she didn't say, I'm just going to go back. They must have sent her back for that uh, For that comment. So, yeah, to me, that's a... That's a Tom Phillips line saying we'll find out more next week or whatever it is. But it's odd to end on the ring, the uh the, the, yeah, the interviewer. It was a, it was definitely an odd finish to Raw. But Raw's like, it's funny. You w- I watched again, obviously uh, Dynamite last night. Dynamite's electric. Dynamite's gonna vibe. Dynamite's gonna feel. Uh, WWE the pay per view fun, but the weekly TV still doesn't quite have that yet.
2: Yeah, and even Dynamite this week they did their lowest rating yet. And and I was writing eighteen to eighteen to forty nine, so um, wrestling is they're hopefully going to figure out how to work this no arena environment. You know, I mean, no crowd environment. Real quick, last thing: Michael DeViris is saying in regards to me saying uh, Warrior didn't have a great opponent after WrestleMania six when he won the title. He's saying. Savage Mania 7 was awesome. You crazy, Raj. I didn't say it wasn't awesome. It was. Uh, Look, maybe Mania his
3: War. maybe his point, though, Raj, was... Sorry to jump in. Maybe his point was that uh, you said Hogan Hogan Mori would have been great at 7. I don't know if that was what he meant, but... Yeah, I think so. Okay. That match was... It's one of the... Is that the greatest warrior match of all time? I don't know, because Hogan's great. That's a great, great match, though.
1: It's not that
2: many candidates. I, I think there's three. It's those two, and then, and it's those two, uh, WrestleMania six and WrestleMania seven. And he also had a great match with Rick Rude at SummerSlam. I'm, yeah. I'm probably going with uh, Hogan versus Warrior from Halloween Havoc '98. But I still think uh, a War, uh, heel Warrior, because yeah, Warrior versus Savage was great at WrestleMania seven. But Warrior was just kind of out of the picture after that.
1: Uh, I think a heel Warrior versus babyface Hogan could have just I yeah that I would have been do. a big it would have been a bigger it would have been bigger slaughter wasn't really that hot at that time yeah. and that show didn't I mean there's the famous story about they were they wanted to do it I think at the Rose Bowl or maybe the LA Coliseum one of those yeah, LA Coliseum, two yeah. and yeah. they they didn't the advance was poor so they moved it to the smaller building so that tells you the difference because a year before they had done I don't know 50 or 60,000 at the Sky Dome so right
3: but it brings up a great point that comment and and what you guys just said like if, if say you had Hogan Warrior rematch at seven which why not right? Whether he whether it's two babyfaces or or what, Hogan gets his re- uh, redemption. But Savage needed an opponent to make that he- uh, face turn. Was Jim Duggan the guy? Probably not. Like who would have been that? Guy? There was no Andre. Uh, who would have been the guy at seven for Randy without Warrior? I, I don't know. Jake was still Jake worked a, a really fun and this would be ripped up today. The the Martell blindfold match. I love that. <laughs> it's memorable. Uh, that yeah, it was super memorable. Right. Um, but I don't know. I don't know who would have worked with Randy if to make need, that moment so special. Like
2: the seven roster was. If you, you look need, at the six roster was stacked. The eight roster was stacked. Seven, not so much.
1: If you if you needed just someone to beat Savage to set up the you know post match angle, right? You could have done the Undertaker. Yeah, but right? Undertaker was not. I know the he, he match back seven, then. He wasn't not, selling. I, I understand that. But if you just if the idea was to just like, have someone that beats oh, sure. Savage. I mean, Warrior takes five elbow Taker, drops.
2: Did Taker wrestle at seven? Sab-
1: yeah, he wrestled Snuka because he debuted yeah. at Survivor Series 1990. No, that was. Be... Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Eight was Tito
3: Santana.
1: Eight was Jerry Jake oh, Jake Roberts. Was like, right. And then nine with the outdoor gotcha. show was Giant Gonzalez. But if you just needed someone to beat Savage, you need someone to take five elbow drops from the top rope in not really sell them then the undertaker 1991 undertaker was perfect for that. But you didn't want undertaker selling and you couldn't have savage look like a job guy then. That's but, when I mean. That's what he did to Warrior. He, he, no, know, no, that did, was a fifty-fifty. I know it wasn't. A, Warrior press slammed Savage. I know it was a fifty-fifty match, but I'm, I'm saying that Savage dropped five elbow drops on Warrior and didn't. Yeah, but all. Warrior press slammed him a bunch of times. You know, you know what I mean. Like that's, that it,
3: match it, oh, from the time they were introduced. That uh, I mean, we can talk about that sometime too. But like yeah. Savage, the, the, the entrance, pop and circumstance. Warrior walking to the ring was yeah. it's hard to capture. People who watched it understand, but like that was like it was so odd and peculiar and Baltimore is walking to the ring. He wasn't running. And uh, it was just that day. Yeah, that, that match was, I, I didn't catch the commenter's name, but he's right. That match was brilliant. It oh, was, it's a great match. Yeah. 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 All right. That's um, a in the future. If you change one thing, what happens to everything else, but, but uh, Hogan warrior would have been special too. So yeah. I don't know. Well, All right. Justin, this was fun, man. I hope you can keep joining us. If you guys keep asking, I'll keep coming. So right, well, different, different Boston is. sports picture every week. This week it's Ted Williams and Babe yeah. Ruth. So, <laughs> we gotta hold uh, on. There you something go. Something well, different
2: next week. Okay. Let's do it next week. All right, thanks guys. So Thank next we week, do. you know what? Next week is the first one after WrestleMania three. So do a watch along, but we'll also talk about WrestleMania three and you know and 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 talk about that in there because that was epic.
1: Yep, biggest
2: show at the time. Yeah.
1: All right, thanks a lot everyone for joining, and um, we'll be back next week. Thanks.